0: We are available on Spotify and YouTube, so don't forget to subscribe for our latest episode.
1: This podcast is lit. If you have low test scores, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but my class ain't one. Hit me! 99 problems, but my class ain't one. If your test scores
2: are low, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but my class ain't one.
3: (laughs) Hello and welcome to This Podcast is Lit. Podcast, and this week we've got a really good poem for you. We've got Kamikaze by Beatrice Garland in the studio today. Are the usual suspects Miss Ray, hello, Miss. Hey, Mr. Ackroyd, oh, sir, hi, app, and DJ Zoom. <laughs> hello, how
2: you doing, Mr. Zoom? Yeah, not bad. Nice sunny day today. Not gonna go out though, so. <laughs>
3: There we go, so um, today we're discussing the poem Kamikaze, Mr um, Atkroyd what, what are your feelings on this poem before we start?
1: Yeah I, I like the poem, I, I struggle with it as, as you know probably from experience of talking to me in terms of getting the <laughs> narrative structure right about it but I think I've probably read this poem as much as anyone in the world including Beatrice Garland yeah. um, Potentially and, combined as well I've got so many different readings of it. My head's a bit like jumbled up a little bit, but I I do like it. It's it's, there's lots of imagery in there. Yeah, Um, I I did get to a point where I started to critique it in terms of terms of cultural appropriation. I'd started reading it so many times, but I've kind (laughs) of persuaded myself out of that one, um, and I'm left with a feeling it's a really good poem.
3: I feel like with some poems um, what the authors are trying to achieve are, are more obvious than this poem. I think I think there's an obvious potential interpretation of this poem but I feel like as you just pointed out there are so many other ways we could take this but to actually have a specific reading can be difficult. And I, I do feel for students sometimes uh, in the exam I probably have about 25 minutes to write about a poem like yeah. this and I think it's I think that would be quite challenging in some ways and maybe students need to, to stick with one or two interpretations and, and try and do it justice. I'm not sure. Miss Ray, what, what are your about that?
0: No, I agree. I think going into a couple of interpretations in depth is always going to be a lot more impressive than like, doing lots of different alternative interpretations superficially. Um, I agree with everything Mr. Ackway said. I think it's, it's quite a tricky poem to work out the story and to kind of like, walk, yourself, walk yourself through. But just in terms of the imagery, some of the imagery is just phenomenal that um, I just love it. I just, it's just it's poetry because of the the complexity of the emotion combined with the imagery it's just it's gorgeous poem.
3: And who's the actual speaker of the poem Mr Atcroyd? Um, Mr Atcroyd spent yeah. many an hour in my classroom uh, <laughs> sort of well after school hours as it's getting dark outside <laughs> anticipating who the actual speaker of the poem well, is. Do you, want,
1: do you want to talk about this now or do we talk about this in the structure because it could go well. on for a while?
3: Maybe we'll talk about structure, baby, a bit later.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can we have a time we, it on structure? We, we discover that, but I've got it in my head. I've yeah. You know okay. that I've always I what I've always thought, and I persuaded myself that it is true what I thought originally.
3: Okay. Well, you got me on tenter hooks for the
2: structure <laughs> <laughs> section
3: <laughs> later. Okay. Then let's start off with poem in a headline. And Miss Ray, off you go.
0: I've gone quite simple this week, I think I always go simple on these actually Um, I've gone for man returns home to no welcome Because I think that that foregrounds what the entire poem is about The poem is about the man It is about him returning and against everything that he should be doing But I like the use of the word home in my headline Because he does return home And home gives you connotations of safety and your family and love And it's completely the opposite to what he receives when he gets home and I just like the play on the heroes welcome, no welcome thing that I've also included.
1: Nice. Miss Dratcroy, poem in a headline. Yeah, well, I struggle with the headline for this one. I've done a few and uh, I did. No like <laughs> I did. No, uh, no. I did The Living Death of a Courageous Coward. Uh, no, what guys that, Kyrie? Am I right? The Living Death of a Cowardly Champion. The Lamentable Tale of a True Warrior, but I couldn't, I didn't like them. So I've come up... Are they two separate coming, headlines? Yeah, two separate no. ones, yeah. What I keep coming back to is the choice and the dichotomy. So what I've gone for is, what a terrible world, what a beautiful world. Because I think the poem is the dichotomy of the, the terrible things that this culture has done to this man who, yeah. who defied the emperor, but within that, the beautiful world of the nature that persuaded him to turn home nice
3: okay so just to make it clear which one are you trying to get marks for what a terrible world what a beautiful world
0: is dj zoom actually listening as well do we want to double check
3: yeah make sure we <laughs> shake him or something from a socially oh yeah he's to write wow everything i just said because i
1: was rambling on
3: <laughs> very impressive sure, dj zoom okay so my poem is a headline um is dead from the outset, dead at the finish. And the reason why I tried to put that is because, I don't know, I just thought the, the ending to this poem is quite ironic. Surely this speaker feels guilt. This poem sort of shows these ideas that nationalism and pride are very dangerous things. And this man, um, this Kamikaze pilot is dead, really from the, af- even, even before this poem starts, it starts with him getting in the plane, but he's dead before then. It doesn't really matter he has no choice he has no freedom um, this is a country devoid of democracy and you can see that it asks at the end how did he die which is the best way to die and I suppose my headline is trying to prove that in my in my head he was already dead in an alternative or parallel universe he'd be lauded for being brave like Mr. Trackwood has said for going against the Emperor's demands but not in this society not in this society it's best to follow orders and like I say, really, your fate is sealed long before you get the choice to have any personal ideas. DJ
2: Zoom with the scores. Okay, so uh, all very similar scores this week. Everybody gets a four. Uh, Miss Ray's one, definitely very nice, the idea of the home. Uh, not, not really coming back to any welcome. Uh yeah, very important that the fact he comes only and he's got nothing. I would have given more points to Mr. Ackroyd if he stuck with his living death of a cowardly champion. Mm. I thought that was a uh, that was, you know, really interesting point to make about the poem, how he kind of comes back a champion of life, but he gets nothing for it because he's labelled a coward in the eyes of his family. And um, he could just give me five
1: points for, for two good headlines <laughs> rather than four no. points for one headline for everyone else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he could do a lot of things, Mr. Ackley. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, we could
2: all come with five headlines. Next
1: week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it could all come with five headlines, but no, you get four. Well, if you're not going to uh, give me any points, why
1: even mention the character? <laughs> just mention it. Oh. Just give me the points and tell an explain no, the headline that I just did. No. Can we just start no, taking the points start off at this stage? Yeah. i have been a bit I've been naughty. i have been a bit naughty now. Sorry. That's, Hitting got, to That's got to be yeah, a point off. Yeah, come
0: on. Hit it where it hurts. That's got to be three points now. <laughs>
2: I'll be nice in this week. I'll leave oh, it the I mean, four. Oh, DJ
0: Zoom. I'm disappointed. I've taught you I nothing over nine years of friendship.
2: And then Mr. Perkins, also four points. Uh, again, yeah, very important, the idea that uh, dead from the outset, dead from, dead from the finish, and he's kind of dead throughout the poem, uh, so also four points for that. Fantastic.
3: What is the most important quote and why? What is the most important quote and why? Mr. Ackroyd, to kick us off, please.
1: I like uh, full of powerful incantations uh, for a few reasons. One, one, um, I think there's the actual sound, the cadence of it is very clever. Mm. The full is repeated, full of powerful incantations. And the incantations is like a spell. So the actual speaking of the line almost sounds like a spell. Uh, very clever. Also, that word incantations, which we always tell students to zoom into, I think is the, is the most important word in the poem, because we're talking about brainwashing. He was brainwashed by the propaganda of the Japanese empire. And there's elements of dark magic happening here as well. Um, And he is under a spell. And in terms of of the language and the further metaphor, brainwash is an extended metaphor in the poem as well, as later on, um, the, the culture shows the brainwashing of the children and how the daughter was brainwashed by the power of propaganda. And I think this is a key, quote so students don't forget that brainwashing and propaganda actually led for this young man to consider himself a suicide bomber.
3: Okay well my most important quote and why um, is going to uh, get straight on the back of what Mr Atkroyd said. So my, my quote is going to be she thought, new line, recounting it later to her children and all of my notes do sort of sum up what Mr Atkroyd just said. It was a bit cheeky analysing mm-hmm. other things in the, in, the, in the poem other than just his quote. Um, yeah, absolutely. So we've got the children of the family being brainwashed in this particular quote. Um, the fact that there's enjoyment here, she thought, new line, recounting it later to her children. I like the way that she thought is placed on the end of a line without that full stop, because we can see her thought processes here, but there's a lack of certainty, the fact she's only thinking, there's that sort of judgment in there. And the fact that then moves on to a new line showing the enjoyment, the pace of everything, it's all got out of control very quickly here. She's just telling a story to her children. Why is this story so powerful? She is condemning him to a life of misery and isolation with a story. And it's a story that she's not even 100% certain about herself, such as the brainwashing, um, the power is too much for the family to take. Miss Ray.
0: I've gone for we too learned to be silent and I've gone that because you know I love having a quote in which um, students can zoom in onto every word so I've gone for the we too learned to be silent because it starts off with the we and I think that's really important it's the plural it's it, it's emphasizing the fact that it's everyone it's not just a couple of people that ignore this man when you return to home it's literally everyone which then in turn reinforces how isolated he became and then the word learned if you're learning something it implies that you're being taught something and to be taught something that implies that it's intentional so it's an intentional decision to ostracize this man um who who came back alive and then to be silent now the word silence really interesting because it does remind us of death it does remind us of that kind of end of things and nothing happening but it also reminds me of things like two minute silence where actually we do think about respect and we do think about paying respects to people that have died so i think there's an interesting almost juxtaposition there of of being silent and saying nothing but then of also respectful and i think that quote just encapsulates the entire power of culture and of shame this poem talks about
3: dj zoom with scots
2: Mm, you guys aren't making it easy this week they're all really good good quotes and i can't really fault either of them they're so really analyzing quite well this week um Full of power of incantations, definitely is really important to just put in the idea of the spell and that these under the spell as well as the family. I feel so for Mr. Ackroyd five points. Uh, nice analysis of the enchantment by Mr. Firkins That lack of uncertainty, that loss of control. Um, again, I can't I can't fault it at five points. And we too learn to be silent. Miss Ray's analysis on zooming in with those specific words: the uh, we and silent and. Yeah, that extra layer of meaning, you know, respect in silence. Um, and then a talk to think like this. So all of them all together, to get five points each.
3: Wow, so getting into the last the round, it's all to play for. Yeah. Everybody's you equal. Know
0: you know what happens if you sit on the fence, DJ Zoom?
3: We um, really have our first ever draw.
0: Then you get splinters in your butt, DJ Zoom.
3: Okay, well, it's time to talk about structure. So
1: let's do that with Mr. Acro can kick us off. Right. Um, well, you know, I've always had a problem with this poem because I've yeah. always read it. I've always read it a certain way, and a lot of the research that I've done and from other teachers as well suggests that I was researching it in the wrong way. But first of all, I've gone with my own thoughts on it. The beginning of the poem and the end of the poem is not the daughter. There are four generations of. Uh, it gets complicated. There are four generations in this poem. There's the daughter her father, her grandfather, and then the daughter's children. Okay, so there's four generations. But if you look at that first bit, her father embarked at sunrise with a flask of water right up until the quote that you gave, Mr. Ferkins, That's a narrator. Up until but halfway there. That's the narrator giving a backstory. Now, the rest of the poem is the daughter. She thought, because now we're going into the daughter's head, and then the daughter goes into the first person in italics. But the last two lines are not in italics. And I think the last two lines is also the narrator, where the narrator says, and sometimes she said he must have wondered which had been the better way to die. So it's like a story within a story. The narrator starts it and frames it, then gives us the daughter's thought process and then ends it with a, with a question for the audience. And I'm convinced this is the... the a narration of the poem either way it's quite a tricky one isn't it Miss Ray
0: yeah absolutely and I think you've looked at it in very in the kind of the big wide world of it and actually I quite like that I quite like the idea that this story is being told through many different voices because it's almost like actually if this had happened in your family would you have sat down and told somebody this or would actually you have to kind of puzzle it together through lots of pieces from everybody else, so that's yeah. almost, it seems what's happening in this poem, that this story, this narrative is being puzzled together.
1: It creates a distance, doesn't it? Yeah, and a distance absolutely. that foreshadows the, the cultural distance that yeah. the, the, the man um, ends up getting from his own family. Yeah, absolutely. But um, just for students as well, there are only three sentences in the poem. Hmm. The first sentence is a very long sentence. So I think these are the things that students need to to look at and analyse a little bit. And the idea of the the six stanzas, um, sorry, the six line stanzas, seven six line stanzas, quite tight control. But within that, there's um, free verse. So the tight structure of the Japanese society um, juxtaposed with the the chaos going in in the actual kamikaze pilot's mind. Absolutely. Uh,
2: what
3: you fools don't know. What you two fools don't know and uh, what you two fools don't know um is the fact that I think we're uh, I'm tying on a little bit to what you were saying about structure um I think what you two fools don't know is that this is a poem about so much more than a kamikaze pilot as it so often is um yeah, this poem is about free will and it's about free- freedom of choice and it is about democracy and you can see that in the middle of the poem you can look at the central language used by garland when she's using adjectives such as green and blue and translucent you've got the five senses being used with touch you're feathery you've got taste you've got salty i think the translucent was quite an interesting word which i'll we'll come back to is this moment of clarity isn't it where he actually realizes um that he's made the wrong decision that uh he wants to carry on living that he doesn't necessarily want to give his life away um and it's that moment of clarity where he had the opportunity to have a free choice it's beautiful that's where the beautiful natural imagery comes in humans naturally are supposed to making decisions we've got brains not necessarily supposed to just sit there mindlessly following orders and it's that moment where he finally isn't just mindlessly following instructions and orders where we get that beauty the rest of the poem. There's not a lot of natural and beautiful imagery elsewhere, actually. Um, Especially by the end, where it all gets rather dark. Um, So that's why you two fools don't know. Miss Ray. you next, please.
0: So I decided this week to talk about the symbolism of fish in Japanese culture. So there is a part of the poem where um, Garland writes about the pilot looking down and being able to spot these fish in the ocean. And I think that's a really powerful piece of imagery, but I wanted to zoom in specifically and look at the link between fish and Japanese culture so fish in japanese culture they tend to represent things like advancement and that's not necessarily advancement just in material things but also in spiritual in your spiritual self as well so the idea that she's chosen to use something in her poem that represents a spiritual journey which i think is incredibly interesting they also represent adversity which i thought again given the The content of the poem was really interesting but then i wanted to zoom in to um koi fish a little bit as well now it's almost certainly not koi that's in the in the ocean i know but i thought this is still worth thinking about so i found a story that is um a bit of a legend centered around a koi fish and it is said that if koi fish are caught by a fisherman they face death bravely they will literally just lay there and wait to be killed almost like a samurai and I thought that was an incredibly interesting comparison given the references to samurais that Garland makes as well but also the fact that koi swim upstream it's almost like they're on a mission it's always like they are fighting against everything that they should be doing to swim upstream and it's again it's about that innate power.
3: Nice okay then so DJ Z and we were all even it was all level sailing level pegging and now it's time the
0: what, DJ about, Zoom. what
1: about? What about? What about? What about, Mr. What about my? Is he not, um... is he not playing? All oh, right. Oh, not, whoops, are you sorry, I sorry, I forgot. You're not that. listening, Mr. <laughs> Perkins. You're not listening. Uh, we had Mr. But... We had DJ Zoom not listening before. You're not listening now.
3: I, I nearly. I normally skip through this little ten-minute
1: section at the end.
0: <laughs> you know your place, Mr. Ratcoid.
1: Almost, almost forgot it existed. Oh, well, I'll make Ratcoyne. it. I'll make it extra long just for you, Mr. Perkins. In that case. Okay, well, I think a little bit Mr. Perkins has alluded to it, but most of the power and conflict um, poems in this cluster focus on kind of man's eternal battle with nature, so they're locked in some kind of everlasting struggle. This one's slightly different. I actually think nature and man are working together in this one. Um, nature's working for the benefit of man. It's actually nature that persuades the man to turn around, and that stands out in the power and cluster conflict. This man was brainwashed. Um, and the poem reflects that, you know, um, he is, it was nature that actually persuaded him to turn around. But specifically, going back to Miss Ray's point, the, the water and the fish, and I think this is really forgotten by teachers and students. We focus on the shame, we focus on the cultural aspect. This man saved thousands of lives. We forget about that. Woo! Kamikaze pilots, their job was to fly into aircraft carriers um, which had lots of soldiers stationed and by turning round he to me personally is a hero he says self sacrifice saved so many lives did the fisherman his grandfather did that remind him of the sailors on the aircraft carrier that this is life nature telling him life is precious turn around and I slightly disagree with Mr. Furkins's point earlier on. We don't get the pilot's voice in this. We only get the daughter's voice, imagining. And I think we pick up on the daughter's shame of her being silent. I actually like to think, whether I'm right or wrong, I like to think that he was happy with his choice. Yes, he was shunned by society, but the, the, I would find comfort in knowing that I saved thousands of lives. And I actually think this is... Further reinforced by the fact the daughter is now beginning to share her story with the grandchildren, that she can now tell this story. That actually, what he did was the right thing. He's a true warrior, defied an emperor, and self-sacrificed to save countless lives. I can go you on for do. a bit longer if you want, Mister Ferkins. No, oh, no, I thought uh, I thought you did well with that. Nicely timed. Um... Yeah, let's
2: let's not let's not go any longer. <laughs> <I do. laughs> Okay, Okay. so the scores are thus. With eight points is Mr. Perkins. Uh, Nice idea, the the free will and the idea of democracy and the translucent idea. That's a moment of clarity in there. And I think it's something to to definitely um, look towards using as part of their analysis. Great point. Uh, I've never really picked up on the symbolism, symbolism of the fish too much, but definitely have that cultural thing we should bring into it when we analyze this poem um and it's stored the coy cut very interesting for me that's something i learned new today miss ray thank you very much mm-hmm. that's nine points but mr Aykroyd's idea um this one kind of yeah there's a moment of clarity there for me where he actually saved thousands of lives he i never thought of it in that respect that by not by sacrificing his own um dignity so to speak he saved thousands of other lives. And it's a shame that he was shunned by his family for being so so much of a hero in a sense. And there's a hero that they've forgotten and there's a culture that kind of ruins it for him, is not it? So for you, Mr. Aykroyd, ten points. Well,
3: oh pulled out the bag,
1: last, last but not least there.
2: Uh... <laughs> and now <laughs> we know now
1: we know why you were scared to go to me, Mr. Perkins. It's all <laughs> to <until laughs> light. It's all come to light Knew what
3: you
0: had in your bag.
3: There you go. Well, well done, sir. That was a, a very good effort. Well done, Miss Ray. Your you, you all very good too. And DJ Zoom, up. I think you got the scores bang on, Mister Zoom. Well done. I disagree. I
0: think
2: <laughs> it's all the note taking. <laughs> yeah,
0: just
2: you. It actually works when you listen. <laughs> I'm <was>
0: trying <laughs> to get more points, when he doesn't listen. To be
3: fair. <laughs> okay, then, guys. Well, thanks very much for tuning in and listening this week. Uh, from the Maverick, of the Brains, the DJ, and me, Mr. Perkins. Goodbye, all.
2: Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.